know, I uh, was looking forward to preaching this message, but I realized I may not get to where I wanted to preach at, so, <laughs> or teach from, rather. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. All right, so we're going to continue on with doctrine today. All right, and we're going to talk about something that we're all familiar with, and that is, you know, uh, the Great Commission and evangelizing. And, you know, we have instructions on what we're to do. We're going to come from Matthew 28 first. So, um, familiar text, I'm sure. Um, you get that verse 18. But, you know, it's okay that unbelievers even come to the church, right? It, it, it is okay. And I, and I tell you, over the years, I had to be, my, my doctrine had to change somewhat because, you know, I, I was always under the mindset that, you know, we teach, we get equipped, and then we go out. And yes, we ought to do those things, but sometimes you may get unbelievers who are seeking and may come into the house of God. Because we have to understand, there were some disciples who followed Jesus, and yes, some that walked away, some that continued on. But either way, we have a role to play in this. And, it, and it's not to, you know, we don't pressure anybody. And when unbelievers come in, we don't change the message. And the problem is, over the years we have when we get unbelievers come into the church, that, you know, whoever the man or woman of God is speaking tends to change the message. And, I, and I'll give you an example. Where years ago when we were in Connecticut, um, back at the um, distribution warehouse that I worked at, you know, I talked to a lot of people about the Lord. They would come to me. I, I, you know, they would just come to me and they would always ask me questions. But there was one guy who came, and I, and I think I might have shared this before, part of it, but um, I, I still see his face. Remember his name? His name was Daryl, and he wanted to know, um, you know, if he could come to church. And I said, yeah, come on. And, but he was letting me know that he had never read the Bible before. Right, yeah. He said his grandmother gave him a Bible, but he never read it. All right, so I said, no, you, yeah, come on. You, yeah, you morning welcome. Come on. So he came, and he brought his daughter. And he's a big, you know, he was kind of thick, muscle. And then, um, you know, he's not the type of guy you run into the alley. <laughs> well, if he's on your side, you're good. <laughs> but, but you don't want to run up against him, I should say. <laughs> so, but, you know, he, you know, he just had that look, that, that mean look to him, you know. But, you know, he wasn't saved. There was, no, you know, there was no light there. But anyway, he came into the church, and the pastor starts preaching. And... Like I said, he was a big guy. So the pastor kind of, not kind of, he did. He changed his message. Talking about, I'm big, I'm strong, I can bench press this. And I'm like, what is he doing? And, and I, I'm like, why? Why, why? why did you have to do that, right? And, you know, he didn't say nothing to me afterwards down there, you know, but I can imagine how he felt on that. You, you, you just don't change the message because the message that we're still supposed to teach, whether it's a believer or an unbeliever, is still the Word of God. Amen. Right, that didn't have nothing to do, and the only reason why the pastor said that because of Daryl's size. Mm -hmm. Right, if, if Daryl had not been there, he would have never have went there. Mm -hmm. Right, so he talked about how much he could bench press, and, and I'm like, come on, really? What does what 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 does that have to do? But you know, we have to be careful, and we don't coerce people neither. Right, so mm -hmm. going back to when we lived in Orlando, when I was in the Navy, and I was stationed in the uh, hospital in Orlando, and I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> We, you know, we went to a church. My wife invited me to a church. I wasn't saved then. And uh, it was a pastor there. 
name a girl called. I won't forget his name, won't forget his face. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, no, another man. Not, well, he shouldn't have did what he did, but <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let me tell the story first. But nothing against him, right? I don't think he was doing anything malicious. I should say that. So I'll preface it with that. So I'm standing, I'm, I'm sitting in service, and he, he, he's preaching away, and then he stops at the end. The Lord is calling you. He's pointing to me. The Lord is calling you, telling you need to give your life to the Lord right now. Right now. <laughs> no, he's not. Right? No, he's not. Right? So he's, he's doing this, right? And, I, and I'm like, okay, what do I do? He's like, you need to come on up and give your heart to the Lord right now. Now I feel peer pressure, right? Mm -hmm. So I go up, right? So again, he leads me into prayer. She said, said prayer of salvation. But I didn't feel it. Because mm -hmm. the Lord wasn't telling him that. Because that it wasn't in my heart, right? So I came back the next Sunday. Right? I came back the next Sunday. And then he, he announced it, said, Yeah, his brother gave his heart to the Lord. And I'm like, look. <laughs> there was no repentance there. Right? <laughs> no, there wasn't. There wasn't. Because he basically he coerced me to doing that, right? And, and nothing malicious against him, you know. But I noticed, and I went back, the, I went back probably for about two or three other Sundays. Mm. And I noticed when other people came in, he would do the same thing. Mm. He would do the same thing. And, and, and I'm like, man, so... I said, I'm not going back, right? And, mm -hmm. and actually, that probably made me worse. Because they had me go out and hanging out more. And oh, she's shaking her head. Yeah. yeah, that made me worse because that wasn't supposed to happen that way. Mm -hmm. Right? Because he tried to coerce me mm -hmm. into doing something. But we can't force people in it. It has to be the Holy Spirit. Amen. Right? Now, we give the message, mm -hmm. right? And even when we give the Word of God, the Word of God will convict. Yes. Right? Yes. But we can't do that. And, and see, when he did that, he wasn't led by the Lord. Mm. Right? So we have to be careful when we do those things. And we, we've gotten it to where, you know, we make things so quick. Right? Mm. We want it, and, and that's how we, we teach in church. For A, B, C. Boom. Mm. Just that quick. Lead somebody to the Lord. Just give them knowledge, believe, and confess. That's it. Mm. Right? And we have to be careful with that. Right? And I'm not saying everybody that, that that's falls under that, that they're not saved. No, not at all, right? But many people who do fall under it are not saved, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Because the scriptures tell us that, you know, we repent and be converted, right? Acts yeah. 3, 19, right? So we have to be careful because, you know, in a society we live in, it's a microwave society. Everything has to have, we, we have to get it right now, right? The drive through line can be as long as I don't know what, <laughs> The line on the inside of the restaurant can be short, but we're going to go through the drive-thru line because we think it's quicker, right? If it ain't Chick-fil-A, it ain't quicker, right? Because they, they have it down. Yeah, they have it down. They have it down to a T. But, you know, there was a basketball player named uh, Vinny Johnson, but his nickname was Microwave, right? Mm. Vinny Microwave Johnson. So another NBA player gave him that name. Why? Because he, was able, he, he didn't start. He would come off the bench for the Detroit Pistons. Especially in the championship, yes. And he will be able to come and get points. And real quick, real quick. And then he go right back to the bench. Right? He wasn't good enough to replace the starters that were there. But he was coming, he was good to come in there real quick. And that's what we've started to do 
And we have to be careful of that because what we've done is we've gotten people to go through the motions. Mm -hmm. Right? We've gotten people to go through the motions. And, and the intentions are right. Mm -hmm. The intentions are right. But the kind of motive, the, not kind, the motives are, are, are actually wrong. So we have to be careful. All right, so let's look at uh, Matthew 28, beginning at verse 18. So how many know, you know, we always get, we talk about the good news, right? And then when we look up the good news, you research good news, it's either, you know, Christ's uh, death, burial, resurrection, what we talked about, which is the foundation of all doctrine, right? It's the beginning and the end. Absolutely. So, but we still have stuff in between, in the middle, that we still have to give people. And sometimes you forget that. Right? And, and sometimes, not we all over here, we don't even teach those things. Right? But there's certain things that we need to teach. So we as believers know when we go and we minister to people and we go and we evangelize to people, what exactly are we saying? What, how are we doing this? Are we doing this properly or are we just doing the, the ABC real quick? Right? We have, we have to be careful because we can witness to somebody and it could take us weeks before they come. That's why I say sometimes unbelievers do come into churches in the house of God and they're truly seeking, right? But sometimes they don't know. Perfect example. Uh, Acts chapter 8 with Philip, right? Mm -hmm. Philip and uh, the eunuch, right? The eunuch from Egypt. Mm -hmm. You know, the Holy Spirit tells Philip to go over there, right? Now, he didn't know Jesus, right? But he was going to Jerusalem to worship. But Philip asked him, well, what are you reading? And he's reading from Isaiah. And he's reading it out loud. And then he says, well, how would I notice unless somebody teaches me? Right? Because sometimes that's what a disciple is. It's a student. It's a learner. Right? So they may not be fully into the Lord, but they may be seeking. Just like he was. And guess what? He got saved. He gave his heart to the Lord. And then he says, he asked Philip, well, what is preventing me from being baptized right now? He says, as long as you love the Lord with all your heart. But do we always do that? Right? Sometimes we lead people. And, it, and I, I, I've seen it, right? I've done it, right? I've been on both sides. <laughs> and they, they're saying the prayer, and they're looking around, right? They're looking around. There has to be a repentance there. There has to be a repentance there. It's something that they have to want. It's not that we're making, you know, scriptures talk about, does talk about uh, being converted, right? But repenting and being converted. Repenting or being converted, because somebody can convert to Judaism, right? Somebody can convert to Islam, right? So the difference is you don't have to repent to go to those other religions, right? You can just join them and, and, and be physically disciplined to follow their ways. Mm, that's good. But it's different when we're coming to Christ, right? Because there's a conviction that comes in us, right? So this, uh, that's this is why we say. Christianity is not a religion, right? It's a relationship. Amen. It, 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 we can't enter a relationship unless we know him, right? And, and that is part of the role of the Holy Spirit. But we'll, we'll get to eventually. All right, so finally, let's get to Matthew 28. All right, begin at verse 18. Actually, I'm a, uh, anybody got a King James Version? Okay, I'm going I'm to I'm let you know when to read. All right, begin at verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Can you read verse 19, Carl? 
Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Okay, amen. So, go make disciples. Teaching, right? So, that goes back to how I always talk about how we get so caught up in preaching, but we don't teach. But it says we're to teach. Now, understand this once again with nations. This is not talking about China, Russia, United States. Nations talking about people groups, right? So we can go and teach right out here in our neighborhood, right out there in Richmond, Petersburg, Dinwiddie, wherever, right? So it doesn't mean we have to go to China or Australia or wherever, right? Wherever we at. Whether it's the mall, we can go and we can teach nations. And that's what we have to do. We, we have to teach. But sometimes what we do is we only teach part of it. Alright, so verse 20. This is what Jesus says. Teaching them to observe what? All things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. He says, teaching all things. So, what's teaching all things? Is teaching all things just, hey... Jesus loves you? No, it's not. And that's what we've gotten accustomed to. Jesus loves you, right? Oh, Jesus died so you can be healed, right? Jesus died so you can be blessed. That, that's what they're talking about now. But no, it's more than that. Remember when I talked about how, I, I think it was a couple weeks ago, when you stay in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you'll be on a good foundation, all right? Teaching all things. So what's all things? Let's, uh, you can turn it if you want, but I'll be skipping around, so you don't have to turn there. Matthew chapter 5. So what are all things? Because we don't always teach all things. So he says here in uh, Matthew 5 and 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they should be filled. Is that something we teach? What else? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. You mean to tell me we're supposed to be peacemakers? Right? Because nowadays, Christians are not peacemakers. They're not. And I made the mistake, I think it was this week, of going, I told my wife this, that I went to a particular page on Facebook that I used to go to. And I said, what is the matter with these? You know, Christians can be some of the dumbest people. <laughs> I'm serious. We, we can be some of the dumbest people. We believe anything that anybody says. And one person came on there and said, the Lord's telling me and my spirit, spirit of the Lord's telling me we need to flee Babylon. And everybody's in panic. Oh my gosh, we need to flee. What does Babylon mean? Is that the United States? We need to flee the United States? Is Babylon New York? Hey, I fled Babylon. I'm in Kentucky now. <laughs> yeah, 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 and I'm talking about hundreds of people commenting like this, and I'm like, really, really, are these people that, uh, yeah, so, and that's what I mean, when, when I see stuff like that, it actually breaks my heart, because it just shows me that many Christians don't know the word, and they get taken by people, they don't even know this person. That, that's, that's, that's the sad part. They don't even know. And this person could be somebody that's just playing games with them. And I'm sure that goes on. And they're falling for it because it's ultimately it's fear. 
And but see, when you ground it in the word and you know the word, that's what keeps us. We don't have to worry. So even if somebody walking around screaming, hey, the world's going to end tomorrow, oh, well, we know it's not. And guess what? Even if it did, we know we're going to be here. Amen. Amen. Right? So I remember when I was a kid, uh, my, my mom used to take in foster children, and, and one lady, well, not one lady, she was a girl, she was a teenage girl, but she was older than me. So she, she had me thinking the world was going to end the next day, and I was scared, and I was crying. I, I don't even remember how old I was. I said... I went crying in my mom's world. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. You know, but I didn't know no better, right? I didn't know no better. So now I don't have to worry about that. But even on the same page, stop laughing at me. <laughs> even on, you know, even on that same Facebook page and, and Twitter, people saying things, and I'm like, people will say that the world's going to end. This verse, this country's coming to attack tomorrow, and people are getting ready and getting all scared and panicking. Right? But we, 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 we have to know the word. Anyway, let's get back to this. Alright, so verse 11, Matthew 5 says, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So guess what? It's okay if they persecute us. Why? Because it's been happening. Right? They persecute. We know that they persecuted Jesus. They're going to persecute us, right? But truth be told, we're not being persecuted. Somebody's not saying something about us, then, you know, we might want to look in the mirror sometimes. <laughs> because are we preaching the truth? And I, I don't know if I said this, an unbeliever should not be comfortable coming into church if we're teaching what's in the Word. Right? But we have unbelievers. Oh, I like that church. Right? Matter of fact, that uh, church in New York, Hillsong, you had lines going around the block of unsaved people trying to get up in there. Why? Because it was a big concert. Club. Yep, that's exactly what it was. Soon you walked in, there was a club. And, and you know, that shouldn't be. That, that shouldn't be. I want them, if they come in here, we welcome them, but I want them to feel uncomfortable. Matter of fact, I want you all to be convicted. Yes. Right? Because if you're not being convicted, then I'm not teaching something right. I want you all to be convicted. Because we shouldn't be comfortable. And, and that's what's happening. We, we, we're in a people-pleasing stage of the church. And that shouldn't be. Alright, so that's just... Uh, and I talked about the, um, before what salt and light. Right? That is a part of... This is Jesus teaching all of this. So that's part of his commands. Going over to chapter 6. Right, it says... Uh, uh, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's a part of His command. But we see it all the time. Right? We always want to pat on the back. Even if we do something in church. A pastor didn't recognize me. Right? No, that shouldn't be. Right? And then Matthew 6. We got the model prayer. Right? And then... Dropping down to verse 16, he talks about fasting. Right? He talks about fasting. Look, we should be fasting. Right? We, we, <laughs> we should be fasting and we don't have to broadcast it to everybody. Yes, we if we're going on a long fast, we want to let somebody know for covering. Right? But we don't have to broadcast it. Hey, everybody, I'm fasting. No. That's what the religious leaders did back in the day. Right? Oh, here's another one. Verse 19. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth 
where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, what I say, Matthew 5, 6, 7, you stay in there, you will be grounded. That right there wipes out the prosperity teachers. Because they teach us to put our trust in money, to get money. Right, so we were at another church in Connecticut, right? And this person, uh, pastor, he, he would preach behind somebody, teach about somebody. But anyway, uh, the members, they were all like, oh, God's called everybody to be a million dollar, millionaire. God called everybody to be a millionaire. I'm trying to be a millionaire. Well, no, he didn't because you can't even manage a thousand dollars. So why would he give you a million dollars? Right? And then I don't blame them because this is what the pastor said to one of them. He said, the person was having a, he had an old beat up car, was having trouble. The pastor said, you need to go get a new car if you're going to come to this church. He said, because how are people are going to receive you as a believer, someone who's working in prosperity when you're driving a car like that. Mm. That don't make no sense. Right? That, that shouldn't be. Right? But see, this is the mindset that causes that mindset mm. to that person. And that person believed it. Mm. it that, that shouldn't be. But see, again, teaching what? Everything that I have commanded you. Mm. Uh, chapter 7. Famous, famous verse 7-1. Judge not that we be not judged. <laughs> a, a, going down to verse 7. Ask and it will be given to, to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. So we're teaching to be persistent. Right? Be persistent in prayer. Yeah. Right? But now we got a lot of churches that don't even pray. They don't even come together for prayer. And at the most they're going to pray, they'll pray through Facebook. That's it. Now, it's one thing if you don't have a facility, but it's a whole other thing if you have a facility and you're just going on, on Facebook to do your prayer. That shouldn't be. Ah, verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are a few who find it. These are the things we should be teaching. Yes. These are the things we're, we're commanded to teach. But we, we don't teach it. Right? And you know what? It's not the believer's fault. It's the leaders in the church's fault. Because we don't teach it. So we can't get into quick fix trying to get somebody to say. Sometimes it may take time. When we're, when we're sowing into people and we're witnessing to them. We can't get frustrated about it. Sometimes it may take time, right? Sometimes it may require us to plant a seed, right? And then somebody else may come and water. That's okay, right? That's what Paul said to the Corinthian church, right? He planted a seed, Apollos came and watered, but God gave the increase, and that's okay. We don't sit up here and force people to become converted, no. That's the Holy Spirit's job, right? But our job is to give them the word. So now we give them the word. Now they have something to think about, right? The truth. Huh? Convict them of the truth. Convict them of the truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now, see, because I heard uh, preachers say this. I heard them say, you don't need to tell them about hell. You don't need to tell them about sin. Oh, yeah. It's out there. There's plenty of people. 
Known people. You don't have to tell them about sin. They know they're sinners. No, they don't. No, they don't. Because guess what? Even when I was out there, I didn't know I was a sinner. I knew I wanted to stop, but I didn't know I was a sinner. And matter of fact, because some of the things people do today, it's a part of it, culture. It's normal, right? So just like sex before marriage, it's normal to the culture today. So how would they know they're sinners? I, I've had this discussion with multiple groups of people at work, right? And they think it's normal to just live with somebody. They'll say, no, i got to live with them before I get married so I can see what it's like, right? Or to have, you know, have sex with them before. No, right? And now you have women talking like this, right? 40, 50 years ago, that wasn't the case. But now it's normal for women to talk like this. Right? But, and they will argue with me. No, that's old fashioned. No, it's scriptural. Yes. Right? It's scriptural. But then, we, we sit up, and, that, and that's what I'm saying. They don't know that they're sinning. Because it's, it's, it's a normal part of culture. Right? So, that's why I, I get upset when I see Christians get on these politicians a lot. Right? Because you got, quote unquote, Christians that are not living right for the Lord, but then they want politicians to make righteous decisions when they're not saved. That can't be. Because they don't know. Right? This is why we don't put our trust in them. This is why we're to pray for them. Right? And then we're to pray that we may live a peaceful, godly life. Right? Yes. That we will be allowed to live that. But we don't do that. We, we fight. We argue. We buck. And like, no, you're wrong. You shouldn't be doing it. They don't know. That's normal to them. Because what are they going to do? They're going to follow whatever their political party says. Mm -hmm. That's what they're going to do. Because that's normal for them. So they don't understand the Spirit of the Lord coming, speaking to them. They don't have a full understanding of that. Where if you get a Spirit-filled believer in that position, now they know. Right? But we can't hold people. And even idolatry is normal in today's society. Right? Y'all remember Michael Jackson, right? How could y'all not remember? <laughs> Dumb question. <laughs> but you know how people, you, you see the videos and everybody's falling out on them. Oh, he touched me. That's idolatry. But they think it's normal. Right? And, and that has carried into the church. And the celebrity mentality. Oh, I gotta go and see this pastor speak. Right? Oh, he's the only one that can heal me. Right? No. That person has no more anointing than anybody else. Right? But, again, that's idolatry. Right? So, we, we have to be careful and we have to teach all the commands. Right? We don't shortchange it at all. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, Jesus said to go make disciples. And in order for us to make disciples, we have to preach the gospel message. And we have to remember the whole gospel message, Amen. right? So we have a whole arsenal from Genesis to Revelation to be able to preach. Amen. Right? So just like that unit, when Philip was there, he was reading from Isaiah. Right? He wasn't reading from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Right? Because they hadn't been written yet. Amen. Right? <laughs> but he was reading from Isaiah. Seeking. Right? So we can't limit God. And that's really what we do. We limit God. And Philip preached Christ. Yep. That passage. Yep. He, he did. He did. So now, in order.
order to for Christians to fulfill the Great Commission, we have to walk a word uh, a word worthy of the call. We have to walk worthy of the call. Amen. See, because sometimes <laughs> you got Christians that out there that are living worse than the sinners. And then they go out there with the church and then they're trying to lead somebody to Christ. <laughs> that shouldn't be. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Walk worthy of the call.
but giving them the full truth mm -hmm. and, and not a half-filled lunchbox. Mm -hmm. Right? <laughs> right? We don't, we don't, we don't want, we, we're respecting something, right? So, actually, then you, you said something about chicken tender today, right? You got a bag of on one chicken tender in there? Yeah. So, yeah, my wife went to the store today and got a chicken tender and, and she paid for it. I guess got home and realized there was only one tender in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, but when we don't fix it, we don't give them the full gospel, that, that's what that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, we're giving them one ten <laughs> instead of the full feast, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it's all said and done, you open it up, you oh man. <laughs> and it's true because, you know, we tell people all, you know, you know, we tell them all the good things, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, you get to go to heaven. And then, you know, but we don't tell them about righteousness. We don't tell them about living right. We don't tell them about hell. You know, and then you got preachers that say, oh, you don't have to tell them about their problems. Just love on them. Just love on them. Right? So we're going to love on them all the way to hell. Right? And then it's going to be when they get there, why did you tell me? Right? You just let me continue on this way. Yeah. Right? Because what it was, it wasn't a relationship. It became a religion. Right? And, and we can't have that. Amen. Amen. So to walk in, in lowliness means to be humble. Humility. To walk in gentleness means mildness, not pushing. Right? So we don't have to push our relationship on others. Right? Again, we teach it to them. Right? We, we teach it to them. We don't have to be pushy. Say, hey, you need to give your... I done had it happen to me so many times before I came say. <laughs> but I done had it happen to me where people come and, and push it, and, and, I, and I'm like, oh, and it, it just pushes me further away. I'm like, go. No, I don't want that. No, but if we come in humility, right, we come with a spirit of gentleness, right? Because even when I worked at a distribution warehouse, I can tell you so many people came to me. Right? I didn't. And see, that's the thing. We got to let the light shine. That goes back to the light. See, when the light shines in us, people are going to be attracted to it. People are going to come. Because I told you all before, even when I'm working a wagon, people come talking to me. You different. Let me talk to you. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go. I'm like, oh, why does this keep happening? Because, you know, and it felt like a nuisance. Right? But they were attracted to the light. They recognized. And a lot of them were possessed. But they see the light. And that's what they're attracted to. They don't know why they're attracted to it. But that's what they're seeking. Right? So, a lot of times, I didn't have to go to people. I didn't have to burden them. They would come to me. Even at the warehouse, people would come to me. And this was even before out. Well, nice and wasn't ordained, nothing. And they just come, hey, Rev, let me, let me ask you a question. I'm like, what now? What now? Hey, guess what I would do? Right? Because I was a supervisor, and it was always a thing. Supervisors don't mix with the workers, even during the break time, right? And guess what? I would go in there with them, and I'll sit down, and all the other workers would look at me. Why are you in here? You're not supposed to be in here. And all the supervisors, they would say, you're not supposed to be down there. I would sit down at the table, and we would just talk Christ. People would ask questions, and they would seek it, right? And then some of them had parents that were ministers, right? But they were backsliding themselves. Some had, I remember one, remember Lenny? <laughs> Lenny Penny. 
right? So he had a car to kill him, man. It's uh, Lenny Penny. That's what he used to call him. <laughs> but he said uh, his mom was the evangelist. So he went home and told his mom about me. And he wasn't living for the Lord. She said, you need to stay with him. Keep, keep, keep hanging around him. Because that, that's somebody that's right. See, because when you're walking in light, you're doing right, they're going to come to you. They're going to come to you. Never